Hello and welcome to Darling, You're Different, a collaborative podcast that strives to unpack and question the obstacles that may be stopping you from achieving your full potential. My name is Charlotte and I am here to ultimately help you live a healthier, happier and more successful life. Welcome back to another episode of Darling, You're Different. Today, I am joined by an absolutely incredible woman. She is currently empowering people all over the globe to cultivate the power of their own mind and body. This guest not only works as a personal trainer, but she is also a mindset and business coach. Having competed in surf life saving competitions from a young age, this guest has learned what it takes to push her own body and mind to the limit. And through this, she is now helping other people to understand and break through their own limits to achieving more success in life. So please help me welcome Riley May. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I'm so excited to have you here. So thank you again for giving up your time and being here because I'm just so excited for this conversation today and to see where we go. Of course, I'm keen to dive down some rabbit holes and just like get this conversation undergoing. <laughs> They're actually the best though. So I love to start my interviews the same way with every guest. So just a nice little rapid round to get to know who you are. So my guests and listeners can also like understand who you are a bit more and just have a bit of fun with it as well. Is that okay? Yep. Amazing. I'm keen. Cool. So how old are you? I am 21. Amazing. And where are you from and where are you living now? I'm from Sunshine Coast, still on the Sunshine Coast, but I was always um, sort of brought up down Noosa Way and now I'm more so down like Mooloolabar Way. Oh, I don't know Mooloolabar, but yeah, is it near? Yeah, like Alex Headlands, Maroochydore, like that sort of way, yeah. Nice and sunny and beachy. <laughs> <laughs> so what does happiness mean to you? I feel like happiness to me is it's one of those things where I feel happiness is something that we all put a lot of pressure on always feeling and always experiencing. But I feel like having conscious connections in my life, friendships that are in alignment, um, a business and a career that makes me just like fulfilled and happy every single day, good relationship with my family and looking after my body. That is when I know I feel my happiness. And when I think of the word happy, I'm also just think about living a life that is always, you know, quote unquote selfish. I'm always very inward focused, but in a way of actually making sure I'm living a life that does make me really freaking fulfilled and happy. That's so powerful though. And I just love everything that you spoke about because there's this whole stigma about being selfish and how like you're not allowed to do it. But in reality, we almost need to be selfish in order to help other people and be there for other people. So yeah. we can definitely dive down that rabbit hole soon. <laughs> Um, before we do what is your favorite food oh that's so hard I'm such a foodie I feel like food is like my my thing I could yeah just talk food all day gosh if we're speaking to one thing I love something like mango watermelon if we're talking to like one specific food but in terms of like meals I'm always down for like Asian yeah like even Mexican I feel like all of the things it's hard to narrow it down It is hard and food's so good. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I know. I hate those questions always tell me. I'm like, I don't know. It freaks me out. I don't want to decide. <laughs> it's so true. It's like when you need to plan like what you're having that week, you're like, what do I cook? There's so many things oh. I like. Is it bad if I cook the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's stressful. That's the one part of adulting that I'm just not here for. 
All right. Two more fabulous questions and then we'll jump into the chat. I personally love this question, but what is something that you've learned this week? Oh, this week's actually been a week of lessons. I had a bit of a meltdown on Monday. I feel like it's almost a monthly thing. If you know, you know. But yeah, I had a bit of a meltdown. But from that, I've really learned to celebrate the small wins and actually recognize and celebrate the growth that you've experienced constantly, whether that be in a week, a month, a year. I can be very focused on things external of myself. And it was cool actually just like to come back and recognize what growth I've experienced and more of like an internal upgrade. So that was really cool this week. And it just taught me to actually celebrate and reflect on where you've been and not be so forward focused all of the time. Cause I can definitely get stuck in that. Yeah. I love that. And what is something that's made you smile today? Today, I actually had a really good dance this morning. I usually start my days with like being productive, getting the house sorted, and I'll have a dance before I get into work. And that just always, yeah, gets me back into my body and always puts me in a good mood. So that's definitely made me smile. <laughs> so fun. Any particular songs? Like, was it a bit of a boogie dance or just well, like a flow? <laughs> yeah, a bit of a flow, but really loving Akon, which is is interesting. <laughs> but if it's right, it works, it works. Yeah, if it works, it works. Exactly. <laughs> Alrighty, let's jump straight into it. So I know we kind of touched on about who you are and we've kind of gotten to know you a little bit better, but in your own words, who are you? Who's Riley? It's such a big question, but I feel like when yeah, I think about myself, I would describe myself as someone who owns a business. I'm someone who has a partner. I have amazing friendships. I am very disciplined. I'm definitely someone who is very motivated and driven. I would say I always have big goals and I will do like pretty much whatever it takes to make sure that happens. So I feel like in that way, I can be very like level-headed and narrow-minded, but that can also be a bad thing at times where I'm like so hyper-focused on where it is I'm going to, yeah, go. But yeah, I would just say that I'm someone who is very driven. I love my family. I love my friends. I love my life. And I, yeah, can be very, very selfish, but it's in a really healthily integrated way now, which I guess we can speak to because there was a point in life where, you know, it wasn't that way. But yeah, I would say I'm very sure in myself in terms of what I know I want and I'm pretty determined to do what's required of me to get myself in that position. Yeah. And do you think you're a person that's always been sure of yourself or is it something you've kind of learnt over the years? It's funny. I feel that, yes, like to an extent I have always been very sure of myself, but I think everyone can relate in the sense of going through, you know, primary school to high school and then, and then kind of navigating those years moving out of high school. It can be really tricky to just find your feet, find your friends, find your people, find your why, all of the things. Yeah. And there was definitely a time in my life, especially I would say high school years where in reflection at the time, I would have said that I was myself, but I now know that I wasn't. <laughs> so yeah. it's been honestly, even in the last six months, I feel like I've really found my feet. I really, I mean, I've intentionally done so much work to really know myself on a deeper level and it's really changed my life. So it's been cool to actually, yeah, almost sort of find my feet now and like, oh, this is who I am. And this is what I want. And, and this is my expectations for my external reality and what I actually hold myself to as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love that you touched on just like knowing who you are and you briefly spoke about like alignment and obviously being selfish. 
how does someone, I guess, recognize that they may be in alignment or maybe really like, yes, it's a feeling of knowing who you are, but what are some ways, I guess, that you personally know that? Hmm. I think it's such a tricky one too. Like you said, it can be that thing of like, well, am I in alignment? Am I not in alignment? But so many women that I know I work with personally, and I've been there before myself, we get in these states where things feel really stagnant for whatever reason. And it's like, you just feel stuck in your life and you can't really pinpoint why you don't even understand like what the feeling is, but it's like, this just doesn't feel good. Whether that be the relationship you're in, um, your friendships, it might even just be like your career, all of the things, it just doesn't feel good. And I feel like that is when you know that things aren't in alignment. It might not be this huge feeling. It might not be this like huge catalyst of whatever experience. It's just this feeling of like, this could be better. And I think a lot of people don't scratch that itch. It's like they know things could be better. They know their mindset could be in a better place. They know they could actually have more out of their career. But it's like, this is what I'm quote unquote conditioned to believe is okay, conditioned to be like bearable. And I really go against that um, in terms of like my programs and my coaching where fuck bearable, you know, like everyone is so happy to settle in like this bearable existence, but it's like life should actually be so exciting and so fulfilling. And if it's not that, you're probably not in alignment. Yeah. And I love that you kind of touched on your bundles and like what you do, because that's a great segue. So let's talk more about that because I know you have some amazing programs and personally I'm seeing them pop up all the time and I'm like, oh my God, this girl like knows her shit. Like I love her energy. So let's talk about it. Yeah. So I guess like a little history in terms of business, because I feel like I've fucking done it all at this stage. I'm like, <laughs> it's been that week of like, wow, like a lot has, has shifted for me. But I guess I started um, PTing like straight out of high school and always had my own business in that sense. And then slowly moved online into fitness coaching, then kind of moved more into fitness mindset as I got more qualifications around that. And then now, sort of four years in, it's just sort of naturally gone down the road of more mindset and business coaching, which has been really cool. And I sort of knew business coaching long-term was was definitely where I wanted to head. So it's been really cool actually to like land in that and help other coaches grow their businesses and work really closely with them. That's been, yeah, really amazing. Um, and at the moment, a huge focus of mine is working with really minimal one-to-one clients and just giving them like the best experience. I love only having a few girls in that space and just yet yeah, really helping them actually like hone in on what their business is, what they want and help them get from sort of A to B in that sense. And then I also run group programs more so around like mindset that are open to everyone, not just business owners. Um, and I feel like I'm yeah constantly coming out with like a masterclass or something along those lines, which is a bit more accessible to like the masses. So it has been really cool and yeah, definitely pivotal, but I'm loving where I'm at at the moment in terms of business. Yes. And it's so diverse as well. Like, I love that you can just reach so many different people, like people that know what they want, people that don't know what they want, but also just like people that are just dipping their toe in, you know, like sounds like fun. And you touched on focus and I love focus because it's something I'm personally learning about so much. And you like hear about all the most successful people and it's just like focus on one thing until you succeed. And like, that's the main I guess, message across it. But what has been your experience with focus? You kind of mentioned that you're quite driven, but yeah. I feel for me, I can be so focused in some areas and then really struggle in other areas. Like I have found over the years that like when it comes to really like tangible things, hands-on things, I'm hyper-focused. It's no issues at all. Sit down at a laptop, try and get this done, my focus way. So it's really interesting to actually recognize like where you're, 
I guess like quote unquote zone of genius is where you feel like when you're in that, it's just so easy to settle in that. It's so easy to focus on what it is that you have to do. And then things that you start to struggle with, that's when procrastination, avoidance and all the things come into play because you probably have a belief that supports that you can't do whatever it is. So I know that for me, um, like in coaching, obviously writing copy for programs, content launches, like all the things is a huge component. And I always had a belief that I like wasn't good or I couldn't focus or I didn't know how to write good copy. And I think now in reflection, it definitely stems back to school days where I was always like a little ADHD, like couldn't really sit still, like always tapping something, always getting distracted. So I definitely held on to that belief and all always thought I can't do this. This is too hard. I don't have like the skills to do this. And now for me, I know what really works is actually creating an environment that allows me to actually like tap into what it is that I know I can deliver. Um, whether that be like putting my phone away, giving myself like intentional hours in the day where it's like, okay, no phone, no notifications. Like you're just sitting with yourself. Maybe I've got like binaural beats on, so I can be a little bit more hyper-focused and actually like creating a space where you can drop in more into your like conscious mind and intuition. So all of that starts to flow. And I think now as a society, we're very avoidant and we're constantly distracted by things. And then we we panic like, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do that. Or these things don't come easy to me. But it's like when you actually are intentional with creating space, it's amazing what actually comes up and drops in. Yeah. Oh, wow. I love that. There's just so many things that you just like spoke about. And I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and like intention, like setting intentions and just creating the environment. Like you don't, I guess these days you're so right. Like we're so surrounded by our phones and TVs and laptops and media and news that it can be so hard. We're not even hard, just sound that we don't even realize is like actually stopping us from achieving our goals. And like one thing I know I've spoken about on, I think a solo episode that's out is at the importance of like not looking at your phone in the morning, because if you're looking at it, you're just getting all these preconceived ideas in your mind about what your day is going to look like. If it's a good day, it's a bad day. You're comparing yourself to other people. You're seeking validation from the external environment instead of looking inwards. Mm-hmm. So one thing I know that you actually spoke about is that awareness is the first piece in shifting beliefs and perceptions. And I'd love to know your ideas on this. Yeah. So this comes up all the time with clients, whether we're reflecting blind spots or actually diving a bit deeper into what's playing out on more of like a subconscious level. But a lot of the time when you hear like awareness and integration, the integration piece can be like, what are you even talking about? How do you integrate? How do you shift these beliefs? So whether I really believe I cannot write copy to save myself, I'm a distracted person, I avoid these types of things. It's just not for me. Like you really start to reaffirm that belief heavily throughout your life. And because you believe it's true, it feels really, really true for you, even though logically there are so many things you can do to actually like shift that belief. But once you bring awareness, so it's like, okay, now I'm aware that I've got this belief that I can't write copy or I'm not successful in this way or whatever the story might be. Integration is more so being aware and then choosing a different outcome. And that's always how I see it. So it's like you you don't have to do anything. You don't have to journal on it. You don't have to go through a visualization practice. There's nothing that you tangibly have to do 
to change the belief. It's more so creating new beliefs around what it is that you actually want to believe moving forward. And when you catch yourself being limited by old beliefs, that's when you actually get to sit in that and be like, okay, cool. So right now, it's midday on a Wednesday. I'm procrastinating doing this copy. I can feel that this belief went up that I'm not capable of this. I don't know how to do this. What am I actually choosing in this moment? Am I continually scrolling on my phone? Have I got music playing? Am I avoiding doing something? Like look at your environment and think, I'm going to choose a different outcome right now. Create the space. Recognize that I believe this is true about me and actually reaffirm a new belief by choosing to do the thing. And the more evidence that you actually stack to support that this new belief is true, the more you start to show up in that way. Yeah. So and it's it, leading into this, the, the, like the discomfort more so, and we always want to avoid that discomfort. So it's like, oh, how can I avoid? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And how, I guess, I guess the people listening today, how could they start to shift those beliefs? Like, yes, be aware of your environment, but are there things or ways that they can flip that negative belief? Yeah. So of course it depends like how deep this belief is, you know, some can come back to like childhood trauma in a child work. There's so many you know levels in terms of like what we believe is true about ourselves, but it's important to always know that what you believe about yourself, like when we speak to concept of self, whether I believe I am selfish, I am motivated, I am disciplined, like whatever the words come up, always know that that is based on your conditioning and when we speak to conditioning that is you know your parents like your experiences what you saw what you heard what you were told like all of the things growing up lead to what you believe about yourself essentially which most of us kind of know so it's always meeting yourself and like how how deep is this belief like do I 100% feel this is true about myself does a part of me feel like it's true but does a part of me actually not resonate with it at all Right. And sometimes the parts of us that we really heavily don't want to identify as, whether it's like, I knew that I had a really big sort of selfish shadow. And I would always be like, I'm not a selfish person. I'm super caring. I'm super giving. I'm super whatever. I was actually a very selfish person. So I would over express that if, if that makes sense, because I tried so hard to not identify with it. So for people, when it's like, I recognize that I feel like I'm constantly not good enough, for example, that's a big one. It's about noticing how that's actually playing out in your life, whether you feel like at work, you can't speak your truth. Maybe in your relationship, you feel like you can't voice your needs. Maybe in friendships, you feel like you're just like a chronic people pleaser and you're never actually like voicing what it is that you want to do, whether it's like down to the time you want to watch the movies or what restaurant you want to eat dinner at. You know, sometimes these things are actually very insignificant, but over time you're like, I never put myself first. You know, I said yes to burgers when I really wanted the pizza or I said yes to this movie with my partner when I really wanted to watch this movie. Like it's small things, but over time when we're constantly just like people pleasing, people pleasing and actually leaning into the I'm not good enough piece, you're just continually reaffirming that. So it's about in the moment when you're like, oh, I'm just going to like be the people pleaser and say yes to the burgers. How can you actually speak up and be like, guys, I'd really love pizza tonight. Because I can guarantee that the girls will be like, yeah, let's go get pizza. Yeah. But it's that part of you that believes you can't voice that. Mm. And it's so true because as a society, we can get so stuck in like fitting with the crowd and not speaking up because why would you do that? Because you shot your like ideas are going to be shut down. But it's like, you're so right. Like, what if you did speak up and maybe everyone else wanted pizza, but no one else was saying it too. And it's, Oh, it's just a better outcome when you do speak up. And if people are going to shut down your ideas, maybe they're not the right people to be around either. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny that you even mentioned that because it's like when we think about not setting boundaries and 
this is us rabbit holing right now. (laughs) (laughs) Not setting boundaries and being a chronic people pleaser. Over time, you naturally build resentment towards those people, whether you consciously are, are choosing to do that or not. You can't help but just be like, fuck that guy or fuck those friends because they're never yeah. putting me first. When in actual fact, you've never voiced it and you've actually never set a boundary. So you don't even get to resent that person when you don't even stand up and for yourself in that situation, right? So it's like resentment does cause relationship breakdowns. Everyone, I would say, has experienced that, whether it's like a past relationship, family, friendships is obviously a huge one. But it's actually selfish to be a people pleaser and not set boundaries because it probably will cause a breakdown in relationship purely because you didn't speak your truth. Yeah. And then it's that whole like flip of like you haven't spoken your truth. So you're expecting something from someone else, but yeah. they're not giving it to you. But of course they're not giving it to you because they don't know what you want. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sounds simple, but it's actually very hard to implement. Yeah, but it's like you go to a restaurant or a cafe and it's like, how the hell is the waiter meant to know that you want those poached eggs if you haven't asked for the poached eggs? Yeah. So it's like you need to ask for what you want in life if you want to achieve it. Yeah, I love the analogy. <laughs> I love it. I don't know, that just came to me, but we'll, we'll roll with it. <laughs> so obviously you have worked with people and like different personalities and different like mindsets of people. I would love to know what is one of the best things, but also one of the challenges that you faced through this process of learning yourself. Yeah. I mean, where do we start? There's been so many. And yesterday, actually, I had like a huge reflection of just like what has been the last four years. And I was speaking to a friend and, you know, there's like I've I've coached hundreds of women at this point in my business and there is so many people that have come through of so many different backgrounds and just like all of the things, different stories, different beliefs. And it can be challenging to not hold space for women. That's not the point, but it's more so like meeting yourself where you're at whilst holding space and you can't neglect your own processes just because you have to show up in a certain um way to support like the the people and the clients in your world so it has definitely been a process for me to actually like you know tune in with myself more so and check in more often because I can be avoidant to my own shit so I'm like helping everybody else and then I'm like "Mm, why am I not feeling great right now and it's definitely been a work in progress over time but I can like absolutely say now that I give myself so much space and so much time to be my best version so I can actually show up in my best version the women in my world as well because that's yeah obviously a huge huge thing and they're paying very high price point to work with me and I just honor that and respect that so deeply and if I'm not looking after myself it's doing them a complete disservice so it's really important to be hyper focused on that in a sense yeah and it's like adding that value like you know your worth and it's showing up for that person I guess as well but I love that you touched on like filling up your own cup before you can help Mm -hmm. other people because we can't do it. We just physically cannot do it if your own cup's not full. Yeah. Well, that's where for me it was, uh, yeah, a huge thing was like recognizing like, oh, I do have this really big like selfish piece. And now I happily identify with being a selfish person because I believe that being selfish is arguably like the highest form of self-care. 
because mm. everyone perceives selfish as like putting yourself first and it's always at a detriment to everyone else. But if you're selfish, you can give your best to people. And selfish to me looks like speaking my needs. It looks like putting myself first. It looks like saying no things that don't align with me. It looks like only taking on clients that are in deep alignment with me. It looks like having a bath and chilling out every second night. It looks like doing my hair mask on a Thursday. Like selfish to me is so different to how I used to perceive it. And once I recognize like what selfish actually was, I am a way better human to everyone in my life for actually being a selfish person. Mm. And the way you frame it, it's like, yes, it's described as selfish, but it's almost like it has such a negative connotation to the word, but you talk about it and it's just, it's self-care, it's self-love. It's literally just putting yourself first, which like hard to fathom that we struggle so much these days to do that. I would love to talk about the importance of self-trust, I guess, kind of branching from that. And what does self-trust look like to you? But how can people maybe cultivate more of it in their own life? Yeah, so self-trust, I mean, it's such a huge piece in self-development and honestly just living a life that feels very intentional and like you can actually support yourself in what it is you're trying to do. So for me, self-trust looking like to me looks like being able to actually hold myself in the highs and lows of life. I know that I'm able to navigate whatever it is and internally I'm trying to process. It also means that I actually trust myself in the decisions that I make. So a lot of the time we're always ruled by fear of failure, fear of judgment, fear of disappointing others. Maybe it's fear of disappointing yourself. And because of that, we often seek, you know, validation external of ourselves to support the decisions that we make. So down to, you know, investing in a coach, say you're going to invest, but you feel like you need every single person in your life and in your world to validate that that's the right decision right? The right in quotations, because you don't trust that you can make that call for yourself. So it's Mm -hmm. like, because of that lack of of lack of trust and because of that fear of failure, you need that external validation. And if the the validation that you get is not supportive, you're actually ruled by that. And you're ruled by everybody else's opinions of you rather than actually trusting your own intuition and what you know is needed for you in that moment. So for me now, the people in my life pretty much know that they have no say in what I do. And it's not about, again, it's not about like being unconsciously selfish, but my parents, for example, like unless I'm asking for advice, don't give me any to my partner. Unless I'm asking for advice, don't give me any to my friends. Unless I'm asking, don't give me any because I have complete sovereignty over my own life. And I trust myself so deeply in making the right decisions for me because I am in me and I know what I need. So I will always let people know where I'm at, let people know what I'm up to, but they know that their opinion is actually not wanted and it's not valid because to me, I'm the only one that matters. I'm the only opinion that matters. And unless I ask for it, I ultimately don't want it. Yeah. And how can people, I guess, that may be struggling with this and taking on opinions, because it's one thing I've actually become really aware of this past like couple of months. Um, since like doing my own journey is how many people love to give their opinions when you just don't ask for it. So how can people, I guess, know to listen to it, but not necessarily take it on? Yeah, a huge one. It comes down to boundaries, but it's also belief systems, right? Because in setting healthy boundaries, there's a level of you that has to have these internal boundaries as well. So it's one thing to voice a boundary and say, mum and dad, I actually don't need your opinion in regards to this. Like I've got me, I know what I'm doing. Versus like every single time I see them, they're constantly pushing, 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 and I'm not actually setting them again. 
So it's honoring the fact that like you actually get to say to someone again and again and again, if you need to, hey, I actually haven't asked for your opinion and I don't need it. But obviously like that comes with levels of self-trust to even like voice your boundaries. So it's always looking at like what beliefs are actually underlying, whether you do have this huge fear of failure and you feel like at least if you've asked someone, that's going to almost like justify when you fail that it wasn't just your fault right? There's always a reason we do everything. So it's like, if I've asked 10 people and they all said yes, and then I do it and I fail, that's on all 10 of us. It's not just on me. Yeah. So it's like delegating the blame. Absolutely. Humans are very complex, but we're also very simple. And if you just look at your own behavior, you can pretty much start to piece together like the puzzle and go, "Mm, that's what I'm doing that for. So it's, there's, there's always something for everything. And the more curious you get with yourself, the more answers you'll find. And I think it's about actually just sitting with yourself and thinking, wow, I do seek a lot of um, external validation to do things in my life, whether it's quit uni, start uni, quit the job, start the job, set the boundary, like all of the things. And that's when you actually actually just get to get curious and be like, why is that? Why do I feel I need this validation? Oh, I actually fear failure. Interesting. Why do I fear failure? Oh, because this, you know, like it's just continually actually like poking the bear and asking yourself why, 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 why? Then you're like, ah, there's my answer. Yeah. And it's like, it's not saying it's a bad thing if you are seeking the validation and it's okay every now and then if you're looking at a friend and like, do this, does this look good on me? But yeah, like reaffirm your own beliefs and like ask yourself, does it look good on me? And do I feel good at the end of the day? Yeah. Oh, goodness. So I would love to also know that, again, we kind of touched on that you work in such a broad area of work, yet it's so like simple and I love it. Um, But what is something that you've maybe come across in your area that isn't particularly spoken about enough that you think should be? Yeah. So I feel like honestly, at the moment, something that's come up for me, and I've actually just launched a masterclass on this called Convert, um, Connect to Convert rather. Mm-hmm. And moving into more of the coaching space, something that's sort of continually been coming up for a lot of coaches and a lot of the girls that I work with is like this comparison piece around, I should be here when I'm actually here. And I've had, um, yeah, a lot of people sort of say to me, oh, you're doing really well, or, you know, you're selling out masterclasses or whatever it looks like. But again, meeting yourself at the fact that they might be three months into business and I'm four years into business. Yeah. So it's something that I feel is kind of going a little bit unspoken in the sense of it's like, and this goes for everyone, every area of their life, whether you're, you know, in corporate and you're climbing the corporate ladder and you're comparing yourself to someone else there, like whatever it looks like, meet yourself where you're at in terms of your life, your career, and just like what it is that actually feels good for you in that moment. Because it's so easy to compare, judge yourself and almost like gaslight yourself into thinking you should be somewhere that's actually like not not where you are right now it's it's not beneficial for one but it also doesn't help you actually grow Mm. because you almost start being like this copy paste version of someone else when it's not relevant to like you your goals your core values and what it is that you want to be giving in your job to your clients whatever it looks like Mm. so it's definitely meeting yourself where you're at And just recognizing like, oh, business gets to look this way right now. My career gets to look this way right now because this is where I'm at in my business. And if I reflect on myself three months into business, these women are killing it. Do you know what I mean? Like absolutely killing it. And I'm like, oh my God, if only I knew what you knew three months into business when I was three months into business. So it's easy to, you know, like like the classic quote of like comparing your chapter one to someone's chapter 20, like it's not relevant yeah. and you can't do it. And I think that's a really like key lesson. And even for me now, looking at women who are even more events, you know, in their careers, it's like, well, 
I get to meet myself and where I'm at at my level of success and where, where I'm charging and all the things. So yeah, I think that's a really huge lesson and something that everyone can take on board, no matter like what it is that we're comparing to, whether it's like marriage, kids, you know, all of the things like yeah. there's so many levels of comparison in that. I love that you spoke about all of the things then, because at the end of the day, ultimately it goes back to we're our own self. We are all different. And like, that's what this podcast is about. Like understanding that we are different and we can't compare to someone else because how they do it, it's not going to be the same as we do it. And that's what makes us so unique. That's what makes our story, our journey so good and incredible in itself that it should be celebrated. And I love that we just kind of did a full circle because at the start we were talking about like reflecting and how like you're your own biggest comparison. Like you literally can't compare to anyone else and you just said it so perfectly. So thank you for that. No, you're welcome. Yeah. It's like fully about just becoming hyper-focused on yourself and the the more selfish you are, the more boundaries you set, the more you clean up your own energy, like your world just changes and you have so much control and we outsource so much power. Like we give so much of our power away, but it's like you live in your headspace. So you fucking dictate what's happens around you. Do you know what I mean? Like if I don't want to be around these people, I'm not going to be. That doesn't feel clean for me. I'm not going to do that because it's like I control the way that I feel. And if I can control things around me, then like, you know, take that power back and and have that control. Yeah, 100%. And it's funny you bring that up because I was talking to one of my sisters the other week and she's a very social person going out every weekend, like, and that's just what she loves doing. But she hit a wall where she was just like, guys, like, I I don't want to go out and I don't know what to do. Like, I feel like I'm letting people down. And we just like had a chat to her and she, she stayed home. And the next day she's like, I'm just so happy that I stayed home. And again, it's breaking that fear bias and like feeling of like not letting people down, but it's like trusting yourself and knowing when you also need to stop. So why do you think, I guess we are programmed in a way to get in our own head and really think that potentially when one bad thing happens in our life, that or ultimately our whole life is bad. Or when we fail at one thing, we fail at everything. Why do you think we are so hard on ourselves in that sense? Yeah. Well, going back to even conditioning, you know, we live 96% in our subconscious, which is our limiting or negative, you know, beliefs. It's our conditioning. It's the voice of our ego. It's it's all the things. Um, and if you think about, you know, everything that you've learned about yourself, the world around you up until this point, it's no surprise that when one bad thing's happened, we're like, oh my goodness, this is the end of the world because I've you know, failed in this instance. And if I failed, like only terrible things are going to happen to me. One of my favorite things to say <laughs> is like, it's, it's just not that deep, right? Nothing is ever that deep. And we give things a lot of meaning, right? When we think to perception, it's like one bad thing happens. You might get one bad message on Instagram. You might get one bad thing happen at work. Your boss gets angry, like whatever it looks like. And we just feel like it is the end of the world and it will ruin our week. It will ruin our day. We give it so much pull. We tell 25 people, we can't let it go. We make it mean all these things about ourselves. And it's like, when you actually just look at the situation for what it is, it's not that deep, right? And because of God's conditioning, or maybe you've already got a core belief that you're not good enough. The minute one bad thing happens, it's like your inner child is just like screaming at you because she feels like she's just been attacked. And you typically will have like a child-like response, whether it's like tantrum, um, crying, telling lots of people, never letting it go, like repeating the same thing over and over, like whatever it looks like. When you think about it, it's very childlike behavior and it's not something to punish yourself for. It's so, so normal. But 
we're really bad at meeting ourselves with compassion. We're really bad at switching more to conscious mind and seeing things for what they are. And we will instantly go to conditioning because that's the lens of what we're perceiving something as. So if you knew growing up that failing was like the worst thing in the world, maybe you got in trouble from your parents, like whatever the thing was, if you fail at work, oh my God, end of the earth, inner child you feels like she's in trouble. It's like everything bad's going to happen, all of the things. And then you have that, you know, like physical and mental response as well. So it's seeing things for what they are and just recognizing from a logical standpoint, this isn't that deep. Mm, Like just cutting it back to basics. Yeah, because it's easy. I mean, it happens all the time. You know, you might get, yeah, like a bad message or something and you're like, oh my goodness, so that's like the worst thing in the world. And then you're like, wait a minute, like can we just like sit back, reflect and just sit with like, okay, what's actually coming up for me right now? Ah, like it's not that deep. It's always interesting to think about. And it's like you may react in the moment, but yeah, you're so right. Like you look back and you're like, why why did I do that? Like, why did I cry? Like, why did, and like, it's okay to experience the emotions, but yeah, like just take a step back and just, we're okay. (laughs) Exactly. Like that super reactive response. Sometimes we're really quick to just like hop on the defense and react. And it's like, we never give ourselves that chance to just like sit with it and think, what am I actually feeling right now? And how could I handle this situation better? Like responding instead of reacting. Absolutely. Yeah. So I am very mindful of your time today and I feel like every chat just absolutely zooms past. But I would love to know where can my listeners find you? Yes, so I am on um, Instagram, which is just Riley May Coaching. I have a podcast, Drink More Water podcast. Yeah, I feel like that's like the main two platforms to find me on. So that's where I'm most active. But definitely Instagram, I feel like, is where I'm posting the most of like BTS business and life and all of the things. (laughs) I love that. And I love to finish my podcast with a question. Is that all right with you? Yes, of course. (laughs) So what is one piece of advice that has changed your life? Mm, huge question. I mean, yeah, it is a question. In terms of advice, I feel like it is, <laughs> it's so funny that I say this and mum and dad would just say this to me like all the time growing up and it's like scrounge with the turkeys or saw with the eagles. And I feel like if you just break that down, like it's so funny, but at the end of the day, it's like who you surround yourself with has a huge impact on your life. And that's always just like proven so true. And yeah, it's just such a testament to like you put yourself in proximity with your expanders and you'll expand. I fully believe that. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Darling, You're Different. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star rating and a written review. Also reach out to me on Instagram at charlotte underscore McKinnon and I would love to hear what you thought about this episode. But also, if there are any guests that you think that I should have on this show or any topics that you would like me to discuss, let me know. I want you to go out today and do something to make someone else smile. I am so grateful to each and every one of you. But most importantly, I want you to remember that, darling, you are different. And that is such a good thing.